0: Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. Witchers, welcome back to The Witcher Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with my co-host, Toasty, and Toasty, it's my birthday today. Did you get me a present? Did you get me anything? No. Oh, you said that, like, of course you didn't get me anything because we're such good friends that we're beyond that. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, Hey, welcome back, audience. (laughs) Everybody chat. Welcome. We are continuing our dive into King Radovid. We did the first part last week where we talked about two of the kings. Radovid and his father Visimir and then this week we're now continuing with more information about Radovid because there's a lot more going on with Radovid in the in the games we talked about a bunch of the book stuff last time we're moving into the games this time and um, so if I guess I mean we don't usually give spoiler warnings but I suppose if you're somebody who's into the TV show and maybe even the books but you don't want to know what's in the games because you're planning to go play them then just warning we're, we're going to some stuff here also like we've discussed before, games are kind of their own extension of the series in their own way. They're not necessarily canon in the same way the books are. They're not necessarily, and even the show, is kind of its own thing. But just to put that all out there. It's, it's good, okay. This episode will still be here uh, once
1: you've completed all like 226 in-game hours of content
0: for all three games or something right, right.
1: No, there's this yeah
0: here. <laughs> yeah and uh, generally if you're somebody who doesn't uh, that vintage they bounce off vintage games because the older games are a little bit harder to get into either due to the controls of the graphics or whatever then start with three three still holds up really well even though it's a number of years old now uh start with three and so maybe, maybe for just the witcher one remake that yeah. we're still supposed to be getting so yeah yeah look for that and then Witcher 2 plays well too I mean I I still feel like Witcher 2 holds up but um where do we start where do we start with this toasty
1: cool so moving straight into the the game content um so this yeah this officially is all in game this is none of this is canonical to the books um or the show technically uh so he began his reign by taking care of various nobles who ruled on their lands rather independently from Traitor
0: taking, yeah, like, taking care of helping them out like yeah, like lowering exactly. taxes uh throwing parties yeah
1: so of course we know that he's like kind of coming into his reign now after a- everything being taken care of by like the nobles running through the regency council so like he's starting to solidify his his point as he actually takes power because everyone didn't Mm -hmm. think he was going to do that they were like oh no he's he's
0: whatever and he's He's still very young at this point yes he's like what like 16 18 something like that i don't know his official age at the beginning of the games because there is a little bit of a jump but he's he's a young man
1: yeah i'll have to Double check on what
0: his age is. I guess yeah, he would be by like 2070, so that's three years after the books end. So he he's still a teenager, I think. Yeah, does do I have his actually? Here, I'll his I'll dig it up. Here? You keep going, I'll dig it up.
1: Yeah, I was like, this it was like, did I write down the year he was born? I did not. <laughs> I did not <laughs> But OK, uh, he proved a yeah, uh, here we go. Twelve fifty five. So twelve
0: fifty-five. So, so he would have been twenty five tr- at the beginning of the games. So he's a little bit older yeah, than I was assuming. So still a young yeah. king, young king. He's
1: yeah, he's I mean, that's just yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, so he proved a capable political actor manipulating events to the advantage of both his own position and Redania's. utilized redania's famed spy network to foster links with multiple potential allies picking and choosing as he saw fit while ensuring those discarded were destroyed destroyed yeah he's he's a hard ass if you remember from the last one the stern (laughs) yes uh in all his political actions he attempted to embody the idea that a king should be ruthless towards his foes and generous to his friends Mm-hmm.
0: until your friends become your foes and then of course you're ruthless to them
1: yeah exactly
0: right uh
1: so moving on to uh his time in viz uh, Vizima, uh which is the timeline of the witcher one um so looking to secure relations with temeria radovid made his way to the kingdom's capital of Vitsima in 1270. so at this point 25 years old 25 years old, years old right However, while there, he eventually came to contact with Salamandra through some mutual acquaintances and thought he could make use of the criminal organization, but ultimately concluded not to do so. Despite this, the Witcher Geralt of Rivia happened across some of the criminals communicating via a mirror with the king who only revealed he wasn't backing the group before closing off communications with the Witcher.
0: So this is like a magic mirror. This is like one of those Mm -hmm. objects like mages would use to communicate at long distances.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um Eventually, though, his hideout was discovered by the Witcher. The two conversed for a bit with Radovid revealing why he was in Vitsima before asking the Witcher's opinion on Out of the White. Um, of course, if you remember back when we talked quite some time ago at this point, um, Out of the White is uh, the child who was the Strigoi from mm-hmm. like that story. Like, right? Right. way back when yeah
0: so now years have gone by mm-hmm. things got um, better they got better <laughs> a newt I got better uh and yeah. now they've grown up yes um and
1: this does also of course this this storyline does play in because there's like a, a relapse situation with Ada where she kind of starts going back into the Strigoy and you, that's a big quest. Um, is this tied
0: in? Is, man, you're bringing back memories. Is this tied into the pre-rendered cutscene that they mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game? Yeah. So the pre-rendered yeah. cutscene. I remember thinking that looks freaking awesome. This is back in what 2007 when when this came out, and for its time, I mean, we're talking that's a 15 years ago, 16 years ago. That that cutscene was freaking awesome. That game that sold the game.
1: I yeah. So I believe it was. A, a like rendering of the like the initial like struggle fight the first one that gerald does as right. a kind of a like like a reminder of the tie-in exactly and of course it's yeah that was a big deal because it was like a video like replication of the story from the book because no one was like making any of yeah. like, any Shows or anything by that point, so. right? It
0: firmly established uh, Geralt as a monster hunter and how dangerous these monsters were, and how he barely, barely survived the fight and all of that. It was very cool. You, I'm sure you can still go look it up on YouTube.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so he asked the uh, Witcher's opinion on out of the White who he was seeing as a possible way to combine the two royal families. So he's seeking a marriage alliance, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, then the two parted ways. Uh, and there's actually a choice here, um, depending on b- what, uh, path you take during that quest line with Ada. Um, so if Geralt saves Ada, with Ada's curse lifted once more, Radovid then proceeded to marry her to solidify the two kingdoms union. Okay. So could get that marriage alliance out of it. Right. But if you're your not a monster anymore,
0: let's get married. Sounds good.
1: Yeah i mean like you know you gotta like you you want to unite the kingdoms for like the greater like prosperity of the northern kingdoms but you know there's got to be some concern about like oh, well like occasionally she reverts back into the <laughs> dangerous monster that could
0: tear my bowels like I don't <laughs> <laughs> right you know? right one really bad night turns into a really bad night mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and, of course, if he doesn't save
1: Ada, um, with no other way to combine the two kingdoms, he returned to Redania to reign over by
0: himself. Poor lonely. So which one of these is canon? The second one? I think uh, it's the second one. I don't uh, think, I think he's married. the
1: second one. Yeah. 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 Um, although there's like so many like marriage things there, um, you'd have to double check because we're going to talk about another possible marriage alliance in the Witcher 2. <laughs> yeah. So, so
0: it must not have worked out or she died, but I'm, i I think it's probably the second one. That's the simpler explanation. Yeah. Didn't have to double check. It's
1: been a minute. Uh, uh, so moving on to the timeline of the Witcher 2. Um, he goes back and works on consolidating power. So back from Tamaria, Radovid began to gather his armies and erect
0: fortresses preparing for war more. So, yeah, uh, well, we know, we know the Nilfgaard's Nilfgaardians aren't going to quit at this point. Yeah. And he has the information from his spy network to say like, yeah, we're still not safe. Let's, uh, let's fortify.
1: Yeah. Because this is, uh, well actually we'll get into that because it's part of the later part so i won't say that yet uh to counter the sorceress's rising power he invited the order of the flaming rose to redania and granted them lands he made several military reforms espousing the idea that a soldier was only as good as their breastplate so good equipment makes good soldiers Basically, yeah, um, and worked to fulfill that. Uh, he ensured that his armies were well equipped, allowing his quartermasters as much gold as was needed to keep his infantry in solid armor. Which, uh, that's a huge investment because, like, actually, good quality, like, that's okay. Yeah, well, it's like,
0: smart. What? It's smart because he knows that the Nilfgaardians have the higher, the bigger numbers. So if he's going to match them in any way, it's not going to be numbers to numbers. He has to improve the quality of his army. Otherwise, they're wiped out. So this, I mean, it, it it seems like a really smart decision. If you're going to invest money, like where do you invest the money? Do you plant more crops? Do you educate the people? Well, none of that matters if you get wiped out by the Nilfgaardians. So let's invest in the quality and the technology used in the, in the military in order to keep them safe. So. Sounds like a smart maneuver. Yeah. I mean, you definitely don't want armor like uh, the entrance had. Because, you know, that sword just went straight through that. <laughs> right, like, you right, know. right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, or the weird, like, wiggly-looking, crumpled-up North Guardian armor from Season 1 in the TV yeah. show. Like, what? Yeah, what was with that? <laughs> maybe that is pretty protective. Who knows? I don't even like, know what that's weird. made out of. <laughs>
1: hey, it's weird and crinkled up, but maybe that's what that's what like gets it maybe the slashes are less effective because of it it's some sort
0: of like a micro iron weave or something i don't know who knows um aware that
1: human soldiers were neither as strong as dwarves nor as dexterous as elves he identified their key advantage in their numbers which it's you you kind of still to an extent yeah nof guardian's definitely got more numbers than you um,
0: right but but if it comes to conflict with the dwarves or the elves then the, the yeah. human numbers are what helps there yeah i think is what yeah. what this is Which really they've already been practicing
1: into. that for a bit as they were purging mm-hmm. the elder races out of their cities right so, right uh A mass of humans led by a capable commander could overwhelm an individually superior force. His final military philosophy concerned the effectiveness of heavy cavalry, and he would suggest that any battlefield problem could be overcome by a gallant charge, which I mean just know that the cavalry is
0: effective like yeah ca- cavalry is a very a very effective thing i don't know if any problem can be overcome by cavalry i mean you don't want to run to a, a massive spearman directly with a cavalry charge but but outside of that cavalry is kind of the Uh, they're very fast to adapt. They can go around an enemy. They can route them and cut groups in half um, through charging through the middle. So they are very effective for multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, These tactics would see him through several successful military campaigns,
1: culminating in a subjugation of nearly the entirety of the Northern Kingdoms and the defeat of the invading Nilfgaardian forces of Amir Var Emry's third invasion. So It worked yeah good technology good horses I mean we and obviously we'll get but we see the impact for anyone that's played The Witcher 3 we see the impact that he has based on you know what choices you pick
0: right right but clearly the story isn't done here in The Witcher 2
1: In July 1271, Radovid came to the deliberations at Lok followed by a number of regular soldiers and Knights of the Flaming Rose who were meant to ensure that peace talks remained peaceful, as well as step in if things didn't go Redania's way. Mm. Specifically, Redania's way. Shortly after arriving, the king imprisoned Philippa Eilhart with the help of a Nilfgaardian delegation. To avenge his father, he had her eyes gouged out and meant to execute her before she escaped. Right.
0: So if you've played only The Witcher 3 and you're like, why does Philippa have the blindfold on? What's with her eyes missing? This is it. This was revenge for his father's death yeah which we talked about before so yeah that totally tracks all right i see that we've got a uh, journal entry here yes. should i, I give uh, this so a it's, read it's a pretty long yeah. one
1: so this first part is a bit of a like a refresh um the second part is very specifically having to do with the choices that you picked or
0: mm-hmm. yeah and this is this another one written by uh like dandelion these are dandelions. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, so it says, uh, when Radovid's father, Vizimir II, had fallen victim to an assassin a few years earlier, the prince had had but 13 summers. So he was 13 years old when that happened. Mm -hmm. The country fell into chaos, as usually happens in such circumstances, and Queen Hedwig Hedwig would not have been able to control things. The aristocracy, as they tend to, started to organize themselves into factions, attempting to tear something out for themselves. This is all the stuff we discussed last time, which is kind of wrapped up real tight. Some practically licked the boots of Nilfgaardian emissaries, doing so with much practice and a real sense of commitment. The Regency Council, appointed to save the kingdom from the conflict, managed to do so and probably hung the traitors. So they pushed back the Nilfgaardian influence in their politics. Yet its uh, members disregarded their underage ruler therefore nobody among the redanian nobles expected that radovid would grow up to become such a firm monarch who would repay all humiliations he and his mother had suffered during the regency the king was quick to show that if his father had earned the moniker of the just he would be remembered by history as the stern if Geralt chooses Ivareth's I Ivereth's, Ivereth. Ivereth's, I want to say Ivereth, but it's Ivereth's path during the end of chapter one. The sorceress Philippa Islehart had the dubious pleasure of seeing the aptness of Radovid's moniker with her own eyes, so to speak. After presenting her with a list of charges reinforced with personal animosity and information from the Imperial Envoy, the king had her eyes pulled out. Not just like stabbed out, pulled out. -hmm. You might say that Radovid couldn't turn a blind eye to her sins. Thanks, uh, Dandelion. Definitely,
1: definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Dandelion.
0: Even before Geralt related his impressions of the discussion with Radovid to me, I already had a feeling that it would have been best to avoid attracting the Redanian monarch's interest in my modest self. When Geralt ended up in his dungeon, the king unhesitantly provided him with a list of arguments detailing why it was Redania's national interest that the future be deeply unpleasant for the Witcher and Triss. He did point out, however, that it was nothing personal. Unlike the proud and sometimes self centered Full Test or the fitful course Henselt, the King of Redania was a reserved, calculating politician. Geralt learned that he was not the sort of man that would allow himself to be deceived or led astray by pro- uh, provocation. <laughs> pre- wait, I'm sorry. Pre- prevarication. Prevarication. I don't know what prevarication actually means. Uh, somebody look that up. Uh, the King could instantly sense falsehood and was gifted at maneuvering his opponents into revealing whatever information was desired. Radvid had very specific plans concerning his neighbor, the chaos-riddled Tamaria. with the prospect of another war against Nilfgaard looming. He and the Kaedweni monarch aimed the partition aimed to partition Tamaria in order to forestall the empire from acquiring its lands. So it, they were afraid that Tamaria was too weak and would fall to the Nilfgaardians. So if they divided it up, they'd be able to... Mount a defense. Yeah. Prevarication, by the way, means uh, to hide the truth by not giving a direct answer. Uh, interesting. You learned a new college-level word, everybody. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, if Geralt chooses Roach's path during the end of Chapter 1, so remember in, in The Witcher 2 there are two main decisions, this decision right here, that really changes what you actually get to experience in the game in, in a major way. Radovid wanted to use Geralt to recover Anais la Valette the King Foltest's youngest child. Although she was oblivious to the fact the girl was a tramp, a tramp, a trump. The girl was not a, a tramp. Trump I'm card. so sorry, Anais. The girl was a trump card in a high stakes game, the prize Foltest, Foltest legacy. If girl chooses to give Anais love to him, Radovid had very specific plans concerning his neighbor, the chaos riddled Temeria. In the situation, fate embodied by a certain witcher and a military captain had delivered Anais la Valette, Voltus' illegitimate daughter, into his hands. Thus, the Redanian king had a strong argument that Temeria should be acknowledged a Redanian protectorate. Thanks to skillful political maneuvering, Radovid greatly strengthened himself in his kingdom's position. If Geralt chooses to give Aeneas Lavellet to John Natalis, Radovid had a very specific plans concerning his neighbor. The chaos result Tamaria, whatever the same kind of stuff. Uh, yet fate Im- embodied by a certain witcher and a military captain had delivered her and Foltis, uh, Foltis an illegitimate daughter into the hands of Tamera's regent, John Natalis. Radovid would have to find some other way to expand his dominion. So these are the way the different options go. Mm hmm and that's how the witcher two wraps up dun, dun, dun. now in dun, the dun, witcher dun. three Temeria isn't divided up right
1: uh so with this point it's it's in the process of he, being conquered yeah i think it's like he may have gotten a claim on part of samaria but like nilfgaard hit um they start pushing up through already, the south. They've already gone through. Like yeah. they've, yeah. We know that Tamaria, Tamaria as a nation is dead. Like it doesn't exist. They like, um. You, I mean, you start out uh, with White Orchard, which is part of Tamaria, and it's
0: just, you know, it's a war zone.
1: It, a lot of it bodies and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's uh they, I think there's there's a point where they've like Redania's was able to get part of it and like fortify part of it and then but the rest of it was taken out by Nilfgaard.
0: Right, right. All right. Well, that's the end of The Witcher 2. And then after the midbreak, we're going to talk about The Witcher 3. But let's go thank our patrons. We'll be right back. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then. This is the part of the show where we get to thank our patrons. Thank you to everybody who supports the show, and a big shout out to our higher vampires, Ben of Tamaria and Jared M. Thank you for your support as well. And if you are interested in making sure this show can keep going, in getting ad free episodes, or T shirts, or stickers, or joining us on Patron chats, head over to Patreon.com/slash WitcherLoreCast and check out all the different stuff over there. Big thanks to everybody. We really do appreciate it. Also, if you'd like to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read that out on a future episode of the show. We don't have any new ones this week, but that helps a ton as well. Plus, rating the show on Spotify or leaving some comments on the most recent episodes. We've got a few that came in over the last week. I pushed a bunch of that stuff out. Um, They go through like an approval process where we have to actually look first before we hit like, yeah, share that. So, um, everyone's been very kind. There's not like I've gotten any reviews that have come in that I'm just like, that's really mean. I'm not going to share that. So thank you to everybody for the positivity and for helping to support the show. We really do appreciate it. All right, let's move on with the rest of the episode. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's onion. Right. Yeah. All right, on to The Witcher Three. Now, this is the one that most people are going to be familiar with, and of course, Radovid shows up in this one as well.
1: Yes, definitely, very significant figure in this game. Uh, So, uh, specifically in his part during the Third Northern War. Uh, So, when the Third Northern War broke out, Radovid remained the only monarch to have the strength to resist Nilfgard. Taking advantage of this during the winter break, he invaded a weakened Kaidwin and absorbed the Kaidwinian army into his own. He also had Temerian partis- partisans and Coverian mercenary companies at his disposal and considered utilizing the Crescent Moon, an influential independence movement in the Nilfgaard conquered Nazir. So he's like consolidating his power. Yeah, bringing in like. Any forces that he can. Right. However, both Radovid and Amir had set their eyes on Novigrad, as whoever controlled the free city would not only have control over the ports, but its hefty treasury as well, therefore making victory likely for the one who gained control of it.
0: Mm -hmm. To try and... Oh, oh, sorry. We, we spend a lot of time in Novigrad. It is it is a mm-hmm. large city, even from video game standards. Fairly large place. Lots of mm-hmm. houses, lots of places to go. Side quests, all sorts of things. Um, but this is a free city. This city isn't in control of any specific king or emperor.
1: Yeah. So, But we know that, like, yeah, they're definitely... It is much closer to... Or I guess at this point, maybe it's kind of in like the middle point. Because it's... Yeah, because Nilfgaard like, has
0: moved so far north at this point. Yeah,
1: because I was like, it's ki- it's in Redania for the most part, but it's, you know, the free city. But I guess at this point, it's Nilfgaard on this side of Novigrad and Redania on this side, so really not uh, much of a difference. Although, we do know that Radovid kind of chills in Novigrad for a time, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, To try and weaken the city for his taking, Radovan employed the services of Horson Jr. Horson Jr. Yeah. I hate this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One of the big four of Novograd's underground crime bosses, enticing him with money and a grand estate in Oxenfurt in return for turning on the other bosses and bringing about their downfall.
0: Uh, I'm sure anybody who's played The Witcher 3 a few times has gone through this quest line. Did you just murder everybody? I I just murdered everybody.
1: I definitely murdered this guy.
0: I murdered, but yeah, I, I like, murdered him. I I think on my first playthrough, thinking back, I'm pretty sure I killed him, and then I just murdered everybody else on the way out because I was just like, "Screw all of you." <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean,
1: he's. I mean, like, there's. I don't. I don't because I know that you can offer mercy. I don't think I can ever bring myself to do that in like the very particular room you walk in. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Do, like think like that like that's a person that needs to die, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? This he this very is... much needs to be dead. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. The world <laughs> would be better off without you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. His plan worked to a degree, but once it was clear that Junior had outlived his usefulness, Radovid decided to reveal his location to Geralt, who sought revenge on Horson Junior for unrelated reasons. However, Radovid took advantage of this and con- called upon Geralt for a favor. While on board his flagship, the HMS Oxenfurt Tredegor, Radovid asked the Witcher for his help in finding and apprehending Philippa isleheart
0: Mm hmm mm-hmm yeah uh infected in chats especially when you have to kill a dozen of his people first to get to him yeah by the time i yes i am normally pretty pretty i try to be a nice guy in games but i think at that point i was just like screw all of you
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I i try to do like play fairly nicely um you know it, it feels particularly right to Geralt because he's always trying to do the right thing even though he's supposed to be neutral but yeah. like that is just like the right thing is this man's death <laughs> that is the right. correct thing in this course of Right, like
0: it's right. it's rough yeah this it's rough go play it we, we won't go into more detail right now but go play it um all yeah. right so we've got a so, uh, witcher 3 journal here got another journal entry i'll read this one sound good uh you want you want to read it let me see sorry here start that's there. a good place to start yeah all right yeah because it does, yeah, it the, does the a little recap par- the first two paragraphs are just Stuff we've all heard before. So. Right, right. So uh, he he waged not only war against the guardians but also against mages whom he saw as the root of all evil. I wonder if this comes from Philip Eilhart's uh, terrible treatment of his father in murder. Murder is yeah. terrible treatment, I guess. Yeah, Radavid, is terrible treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Radovid also made every effort to gain control over the Free City of Novigrad, whose fleet and treasury could tip the scale of the ongoing conflict towards Radovid's victory. Geralt's meeting with radovid confirmed the rumor circling around the king's mental state the redanian king was a dangerous Madman trapped in his own world of disturbing visions This did not make him one jot less intelligent or cunning. However. Yeah, and they played this in the games the the whole like he has since he's been a a young man been fighting in order to prove himself. And now he's has the guardians encroaching on him and everything's coming down and he's starting to like lose his sanity a little bit. He's, he's just kind <clears> of <throat> more out there in this one than he was previously. It's like a
1: stressful environment. And like, yes, yeah. you're slowly getting to like, you're, I can't trust any anyone around me kind of thing. So.
0: And you would know the Nilfgaardians would have people out trying to kill him directly, trying to assassinate him like his own safety is constantly at the infiltrating his like trying to infiltrate his like network. Right. He's not sure who he he can trust any of that stuff. Um, It goes on. It says, despite his mental afflictions, the young king was manipulating his opponents like an adroit puppet master. Radovid burned with particularly intense hostility, first kindled in in his earliest childhood days for the sorceress Philippa Eilhart. Rumors spoke of how he had prepared a special torture regiment just for her. So plucking her eyes out wasn't enough. And while the two dozen points they mentioned were surely an exaggeration, they accurately conveyed the general scale of his hatred. If Geralt completes reason of state, The terror of Radovid's reign had led not just enemies, but also his allies to even and even his subjects to long for his death. So he becomes like a terrible, terrible person. Mm -hmm. The phrase monster in human flesh fit Radovid with the stern perfectly. Perhaps it was awareness of all the cruel and bestial acts this madman pe- perpetuated that led the Witcher to get involved in the plans for his assassination. Hatred for Philip Eilhart proved to be Radovid's weakness. He was ready to do anything to capture her, even abandon the safe confines of his flagship. The plan for luring Radovid out of hiding worked, though not without complications. Irritated by Geralt's, Geralt's typical cheek, Radovid braid for the witcher's blood and Geralt only dodged the executioner's axe thanks to the intervention of his co-conspirators perhaps the delay this caused was what allowed the ruler to nearly escape his assassins but in the end he could not cheat fate and died at the hands of Philippa eilhart who descended suddenly a veritable demon of vengeance to to revenge the wrongs he had done to her Man, it's almost shakespearean right like she kills his dad he plucks her eyes out then he wants to torture her some more and then she eventually get kills him
1: yeah so uh this does come into a very uh uh unique situation for us talking about a particular character because uh and we will get into the possibilities based on what you pick um for the result of this quest but currently speaking because we are still awaiting the however so many years until we get the witcher four we don't actually know what the canonical ending is for this quest right so he could have been killed by philippa or Mm -hmm. or he can remain alive and that completely swings the tide of the war wow his his death or not death is the tipping point in this war personally my guess is the canonical ending is going to be nilfgaard takes over because it seems like we're probably moving to a new part of like not not even the continent but a new area of the world that's never been seen before based on like just the you know the stuff we got into, like the fan yeah. content and whatnot that yeah. seems to be leaning towards the, but the
0: hints and things yeah
1: yeah, so my guess is that this this it that he's going to be dead. Nilfgaard's is going to win, um, but I'll specifically get into
0: that. Uh, okay, so if he's left alive, what happens?
1: Uh, in the end, Radovid managed to defeat the invading Nilfgaardian forces, winning the Third Northern War. With this victory, Radovid absorbed all of the North, including Novigrad, into his own empire, resulting in him being known as the Protector of the North. Under his lead during the so called Iron Judgment, the Redanian army continued the territory's expansion, clashing against Mahakam and Adernian troops, and even against uh, the Skelica's fleet in the Great Sea. Perhaps the most defining feature of Radovid's reign was his policy of relentless witch hunts. All over the north, groups such as mages, non-humans, herbalists, and soothsayers were burned at the stake in mass numbers. Radovid seemingly lived up to an elderly age and was remembered in history as Radovid the Stern. Many listed him alongside Cyrus Ingulkind Hemelfort as one of the key people responsible for the witch
0: hunts. Hemelfart. Hemelfort. <laughs> Oh, uh, but this is so terrible, because even though the North fends off their invaders, he now hunts down mages and non-humans and anybody who has doesn't fit into that norm, which yeah. is a lot um, of killing other people. Not my preferred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if assassinated,
1: uh, sometime later on, while his ship was anchored in Novograd. Radovid was approached by many others claiming to know where Philippa was. But seeing through these lies, he dealt brutal punishments to the deceivers from having them blinded, their tongues and fingers cut off, or drowned. Geralt subsequently approached him, claiming to have found her location, St. Gregory's Bridge. After being provided proof in the form of Vitsamir's ring, which Philippa had used to pass decrees in the late king's name, Radovid and his soldiers set off for the bridge at once. However, the king turned on the witcher, claiming that he irritated him and ordered his men to kill him. The witcher was ultimately saved by the timely arrival of Temerian guerrillas who ambushed the area and therefore caused Radovid to flee. At the last house, the monarch banged on the door to open up, but was stunned when Philippa opened the door to greet him. The sorcerers then proceeded to blow powder in Radovid's face, blinding him and leaving him in agonizing pain before she thrusted a dagger in his back, killing the king.
0: And done, and that would be and it,
1: of course, Radovid. Yeah, and of course, without Radovid's influence, nilfgaard does go on to win the war.
0: Right, right. <clears throat> yeah, I'm pretty sure this was my first playthroughs ending of Radovid Radovid's story. Yes, um, mm-hmm. I remember correctly. It's been a while, but I, I'm pretty sure this is the one yeah. that I like, picked the first time.
1: It's it's it comes down like personally for me. It just comes down to like the the policies that the like like emir is a dick uh <laughs> right we don't like emir but like even then like i mean we know further spoilers of course but you know that's what this whole thing's been uh but you know if we go down the route which i think is probably the canonical route um for uh the witcher if siri becomes empress um we mm. know that she's gonna do good by things and we at least know that Nilfgaard's guards are not going to start like the witch hunts right. and right start killing off and like most of your closest allies are either like i mean also, monsters are just going to fall into the same category they're just going to kill them so even like the ones that are good and your friends still going to get like got all this like tris yennefer yeah all the uh, mages kira like all these people all, that the, dwarfs, are, all, the, all the dwarves all the dwarfs all the elves all the elves and even like i mean if you think about it like, even going back to the first part of the witcher 3 the in white orchard the alchemist that you work with mm-hmm. she falls under the same thing she's not a magic user but it says soothsayers and alchemists basically anyone that practices an art or, or not an art but practices something that can't be immediately perceived uh, by the the regular populace is burned at the stake like you just imagine all these people you met during this game just watching them like
0: yeah yeah (laughs) no yeah yeah racism is bad i feel like that's not something we should have to remind people about but (laughs) maybe we do see so what it kind of it comes down to
1: in this game <laughs> right, is right. like the, the basically racism versus not, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get comments on this episode. People will be like, oh, I wish they weren't so political. And it's like it, saying, oh, yeah, racism, this, saying racism saying racism isn't wasn't political? yeah saying racism is bad should never be a political thing where there's some people on one side and some people on the other. That should never happen. Yeah. That never should be a political thing. Like, yeah. Why is it? But,
1: right. But like, also, I'd just like to point out that we just performed, a, a essentially uh,
0: helped facilitate a political assassination. So <laughs> we've been sure, talking about sure. political yes. figure for the last hour. It, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fantasy political so, stuff I, in the real world. I don't think you should go assassinate <laughs> any any leaders who you disagree with. That's there's better ways to handle that. Hopefully the judicial system still works. Whatever. Right. But it don't. I mean, it doesn't in a lot of ways but it, it maybe could still be fixed uh, that's a whole nother topic but yeah um <laughs> that's that's where this comes down to so um uh, yeah and like you were saying we don't we don't know where things are going to go for the witcher four yeah we gotta wait and
1: see like i said the, my i think that that like Radovid's probably dead
0: like yeah you know, i have a feeling
1: the war that's that's
0: that he kind of turned into a villain he went from being somebody who could potentially be seen as justified in his actions in order to save his people and then he kind of crosses a line and yeah. becomes like mentally He's unstable and ends up just wanting to kill anybody who he sees as a threat. Yeah,
1: because we know like typically the endings aren't great, but like it winning the war is a like really dark ending for that. So I don't it just don't i don't think it fits quite to that level right
0: right i agree well we will be back next week we've got to wrap this up do we have plans for next week's show philippa are we talking about philippa wait we talked about Philippa. oh we talked about Philippa. are we talking we've about, already talked who else? about philippa. i'm sorry who else is there who else is there in the Radavid like redanian circle anybody else so I
1: mean there's this probably still a few so there's probably we'll a few to figure it out we'll figure yeah. it out
0: <laughs> but uh um, we'll be back next week with a regular episode stay tuned for that Tisty, you got anything else you want to share
1: um and yeah, check out the the cyberpunk lorecast I'm going do with uh my co-host over there Genesis um talk about the world of cyberpunk the lore and characters behind it uh and then also uh if you're Interested in cyberpunk? I do the cyberpunk red live play podcast, Cyberpunked, cyberpunk apostrophe D, uh, with the fumbling for an almighty crit gang.
0: Yeah, go check that stuff out. If you need links, you can always look at robotsradio.net or just search on your podcatcher, whatever you're listening to this on. And um, I've got a bunch of other shows too, a bunch of different lore casts about a whole bunch of series, Bethesda games and Mass Effect and a bunch of other stuff, Lord of the Rings. So go check that stuff out if you're looking for more content or anything else. There are lots of shows on the network doing lots of cool stuff. You, there's, you'll probably find something that you'll like. Uh, so thanks for being here, everybody. Chat, thanks for being here and hanging out. We will see you next week. Until then... Stay safe on the path. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at WitcherLorecast. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.